What's going on everybody? It's your boy Sean Robinson. Back again to bring you another episode of the Heated Rivals Podcast. As always joining me, I have the one and only Mr. Backwards Hat himself, Zach Durkin. I am Mr. Backwards Hat. What's up guys? Did you like Mr. Backwards Hat? I'm going to be honest with you, like when I was getting dressed today and... You know, I put my hat on. I was like, huh, I wonder if people associate me by this hat. It's a white Adidas hat. Not really white, but like a cream color. And like, I wonder if I was just like, if I left it here, people would be like, hey, that's Zach's hat. I mean, the last five or six times we've hung out, Zach, you've had that Adidas hat on. So um, I think you and that hat have become one in the same. I love this hat. And I lost it once. So I had my girlfriend get me another one. And just as it got in the mail, I found it. So I have a new one at home just waiting to be worn. Just wearing this one into the so, ground first. So you are hat guy. Not only do you wear that hat, you have a spare one. You have a backup hat. I have a lot of hats. But yes, I have a spare one of these because I like it so much. But um, I don't wear a hat all the time. I have this like crazy paranoia thing where I think wearing hats makes you go bald. And I have a nice set of hair. So I'm not really trying to go bald right now. Well... Zach, that's actually like a fact. I believe there like is data out there that proves if you wear a hat like X amount of time throughout your life, I guess it leads to your hair, I guess, thinning faster than somebody who doesn't wear a hat as often. So, well, I don't wear it all the time. I only wear it when I'm really too lazy to do my hair. Um, I only wear it when I go out, which is not that often. So it works for me. That's good, Zach. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you found your thing. So thanks. You, you keep on keeping on with the hat, bro. Appreciate it. But enough of the hat talk. Uh, let's get into why we're here today. This is actually what our twenty third. Holy shit, Jordan episode. Jordan episode. We got to make this a big one. So, um, what better topic to talk about for our twenty third episode than the NASCAR playoffs coming up? Why don't you get the fuck out of here? Get the fuck out of here. Stop wasting my time. Oh, get the fuck out of here. 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 Get the fuck out of here with that. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Are you kidding me? There's not really much going on in sports right now other than preseason football and baseball. I, I, I'm so upset with you right now, Zach. How could you just dismiss the Yankees like that? I didn't dismiss the Yankees. This entire episode is going to be about the Yankees. And a little bit about the Mets, but they suck, so like we're not going to spend that much time on them. But still, just just to just to jump off the cliff like that and go straight to NASCAR? Listen, we all know that the Yankees are the best team in baseball right now, but there are other things going on in sports that aren't related to baseball or football. Well, I don't think any of our listeners are here to talk about NASCAR, so let's get into why we are really here. And that is to talk about the hottest team in Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees. Go Yankees! Yeah, Yankees! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! For those of you who, uh, you know, checked out our Instagram the last couple of days, you'll know that uh, me, Zach, and his two brothers, Jordan and Jude Durkin, two good friends of the podcast, went and checked out the Yankees beat up on the Red Sox the other day. And uh, Zach, you want to talk about the, the experience you had at the game? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was my fourth time going to a Yankee game. One time at the old stadium, three at the new. And I'm 4-0. They haven't lost since I've been there. Um, it was a hot day. Got some color. Had a little bit of a hangover the morning of, but I got over that. But 
it was my brother's first time going to a baseball game, and he's a pretty big Yankee fan, so it was it was a good day to see him happy. Aww. Definitely, it was it was it was a fun game, nonetheless. A lot of exciting moments, and Jude got the the full on bleacher creature experience from the other day, Zach. Uh, am I right? Yeah, there's there's no other way really to experience your first Yankee game than in the bleachers, and trust me, there were some creatures out there that day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, a few uh. A few nice ladies that were sitting behind us, I think, had a few too many uh, Coca-Colas and were screaming just ridiculous things, like, at the Yankees. Like, all, I mean, I guess all positive. I you... mean, I consider it positive what they were saying. It might not be safe for work, but it was positive. It was positive. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But uh, Aaron Judge, watch out. Yeah, word. Aaron Judge, uh, you might have a stalker or two, but um, you know what's actually really funny about that? I called her out on that, that chick, because she said, and I quote, Aaron Judge, I will suck your dick if you get a hit. hey And what did he proceed to do in that at-bat, Zach? He got a hit. So, I turned around and I said, well, now you fucking have to. And uh, she thought she got a kick out of that, so that was pretty funny. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was definitely a fun time, and Brother Jordan went as well. I don't know how many Yankee games he's been to, but he always makes the situation funnier. Oh, yeah. Jordan, just his whole aura is hilarious. So definitely a fun time. The place was fucking rocking uh, for a fucking Tuesday afternoon split doubleheader for it to be as loud as it was that day um, has really shown that not only has New York started to rally around this team now, but I think even, you know, the Yankees themselves are starting to believe their own hype, which is great to see. Yeah, as a team that has this much star power, you need to be confident. And when you're going on a nice little run like they are currently, they got to take that confidence into the playoffs when they get there. And we're saying when they get there now because not only have the Yankees been just on a complete tear since the All-Star break to the tune of fucking 26-9, and nine, but they're the hottest team in Major League Baseball, like we said earlier. So what we're actually going to do for you guys today is, you know, kind of break down the reasons why we think they could just fucking maintain this and make a run all the way into the playoffs. And once you get into the dance, who knows what happens from there. And all you got to do is make the dance. And for where the Yankees were about two months ago, Zach, this is all gravy, man. Yeah, no, in an earlier podcast, we definitely tried to write them off. I think it was episode eight, the Bronx is burning. We just completely eviscerated them. And I strongly believe but that was the kick in the ass they needed to get back in shape. Well, I told you, Brian Cashman definitely listens to this podcast because did you forget that we predicted Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees on this pod earlier in the year? I remember that very clearly. I'm just saying, he definitely could be listening. But let's break it down a little bit for you guys. Um, there's really been like, I guess, three main reasons why, at least I feel, that the Yankees are where they are right now. And... My number one reason, and this kind of has a lot of moving parts to it, but the Yankees are actually finally having fun playing baseball, or at least it looks like they're having fun playing baseball. Well, having fun is equivalent to winning in any professional sports league. I mean, you find any team that's struggling, they're not having fun. Any team that's going to be winning is going to be having a good time doing so. They might not be the flashy team that has fun with the whole, like, you know, home run chains or the home run hats, but... They are a young team that seems like they're having a good time right now. I would definitely say that the Yankees are more business class when it comes to, you know, quote-unquote, having fun. Uh, but 
I think we've seen them kind of branch out a little bit, you know what I mean? And you know, with the, the nasty Nestor t-shirts, you know, that everybody in the starting rotation is wearing. Oh, that's nasty. Like, they've kind of rallied around him, and thank God for Nestor Cortez. He's been a revelation, man. He is like, you know, for our older listeners, he reminds me of El Duque. He has like a really funky delivery, keeps guys on their toes. He's very yeah. savvy. Very savvy. And he's lefty, which I fucking love. Any lefty is great in my book. But Nestor Cortez has been nothing short of phenomenal since they slid him into the rotation to the tune of a freaking 3.26 ERA. We saw that incredible performance he put up against the White Sox in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Shutting that team down for seven innings. That is the best hitting team in baseball, and that was by far one of the most impressive pitching performances I've seen out of any Yankees pitcher this year. Yeah, no, Nestor's definitely been one of the more consistent themes on the Yankees. I mean, I love watching games because of the chances I get to see him. You know, the mustache, the really quirky way he pitches, how he switches it up all the time. It's it's fun to watch. You know, it draws an audience. Um, He's relatable, you know what I mean? It's like... For those guys like me and, you know, some of my buddies who still play ball and, you know, we're not in our athletic prime anymore and we're not major league players, but for the guys who still want to enjoy the game, you know, that's what we see on Sundays. Guys who flip up their deliveries mid-pitch mid and, like, try to mess with your timing. So, like, it's kind of cool to see a guy who's doing that at the major league level and having, like, a ton of success. It's, it's almost like he's toying with batters. Something funny that I saw against the uh, game against the Angels when he was lined up with Shohei, he did that little stupid thing that he does with his legs and stuff like that, and Shohei just couldn't help but laugh. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're getting the best player on the fucking planet to have a chuckle. Like, that's what baseball's all about, you know what I mean? So, shout-out to Nestor Cortez, and um, he's just been one of the reasons why the Yankees pitching staff has been great uh another reason why is another young kid who's come up and just been absolutely disgusting disgusting luis keel i know some of you guys want to say luis gill it's not gill he's el dominicano it's heel like you like the heel on your fucking foot i think they get it it's heel okay i was just just making sure um dude 15.2 scoreless inning streak to start a career as a starter. The dude's solid. He's solid. Yeah, I mean, it's like the kid doesn't even know he's pitching at Yankee Stadium. The way he attacks batters. Looking for the third strikeout. Got him! 98. Like I said, it's just like he doesn't know he's a rookie. Like, he has the guts and the bravado of a 10-year vet. Like, it's insane. And I hope he can keep it up. He's been a little wild. So that kind of lends to, you know, regression a little bit, but he's been awesome. Right. He's a young guy, and those struggles are going to happen. I mean, the more time that goes on in his career, he'll refine those things. But for right now, you really can't ask for better. No, you can't. And I know he's been abusing the taxi squad. They've been calling him up and down since the season started, or, well, honestly, since, like, July, realistically. But, um... You know, their Yankees are waiting for some help in the rotation with uh, Kluber on the mend. You know, we're not really sure what Severino's given us, if he's going to be back at all this year. But to have Heel come in and dominate the way he has has been fucking great. He's definitely one of the younger guys that has been carrying his end of the deal. But that's probably another reason that the Yankees are doing so well right now is that the role players are really carrying their ends of the deal as well. Yes, most definitely. I mean, Tyler Wade 
has been great. Um, Higashioka has been doing his thing behind the dish, filling in for Sanchez when Sanchez went down on the IL for a little bit. So you've been getting contributions from everybody. But I think, you know, the biggest contribution you've gotten is from a guy that you had no fucking idea was going to end up playing for you this year if you were Brian Cashman or Aaron Boone. Right, Zach? I mean, no. I mean, he's a homegrown kid, though. I know he's a homegrown kid, and he's living out his baseball dream. And, you know, anybody who's a baseball fan can root for this kid. And that's Andrew Velasquez, a.k.a. Squid. Hey, Squid. Yeah, Andrew Velasquez, 27-year-old out of Fordham Prep. He was really killing it down in AAA, and Glaber getting hurt was the straw that broke the camel's back with getting him up to the majors. He's been the energizer of this team, and I'm pretty sure we got to witness one of his first starts on Tuesday the 17th when he played the Red Sox. Yeah, definitely. He had one of the bigger hits in that game, knocking in two RBIs with a single, but one of the bigger plays that he made that game was in the first inning, I think, and a ball was hit against a shift. Yankees were in a shift, and the throw to Luke Voigt wasn't in time, but Hunter Renfro tried to be slick, thought he caught him napping, Luke Voigt turned that shit around, and Velasquez hit him with a diving tag. Rolls it toward the hole. They've got the shift on. Do they have a play? No, he beats it out. And look at this. Renfro is sprinting for third. And he's out. Velasquez was running the post pattern to go cover third. He was. And the pass was right on target. Well, this is some play. It was crazy, but don't even get me started about the one that ended the game against the Red Sox because that was nasty too where he made that dive. Yeah, he's he's been so slick with the glove and that was his calling card. And the fact that he's come up and been able to get some really big hits for the Yankees and uh, these aren't just like, you know, these aren't hits against like the Orioles or the fucking, you know, some other no-name team. Like, this is against the Boston Red Sox. Like, you're fighting for a, a division race right now and to have... That moment against that team, I can only imagine what was going through his head. Right, and that momentum carried over into the Twin Series where he hit a home run today. Literally, and to see his mom and dad and his family all fucking smiling for him, it just, it hits close to home because they even mentioned it on the broadcast, he's still living with his parents. Like, he goes from Yankee Stadium to his mom's house in the Bronx after this. That's crazy. So, like, as if we didn't need another reason to root for the guy... He's been fantastic. Definitely the spark plug that the Yankees have been needing. Um, and I don't want to start any controversies, but Labor's gonna be gonna have to fucking hit a little bit if he wants to. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna say they're gonna bench him, but how could you fucking sit Velasquez right now? Analytics. Nobody has to feel for the game. They'll make the mistake of sitting him when he's hot because Glaber's the bigger name. Glaber will continue to suck. Maybe they'll get a kind of a revelation and be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have taken him out, but we'll see. Well, since you're talking about field, that's like my second point as to why the Yankees have been so good recently. It seems to me like they've gotten their sense of feel for the game back. Um, I'm not seeing any of those like really questionable or head-scratching decisions from Aaron Boone. Uh, I don't know if he's just starting to manage more with his gut instead of looking at a fucking notebook with a bunch of numbers on it all the time but it seems like that and you know when you're trusting your gut in a baseball sense that tends to work out for you yeah and their base running has been much better since whatever they did to fix it oh my god i mean the red Sox look like the old yankees yeah we were we were making that joke while we were sitting in the bleachers that it's like the red Sox forgot how to play baseball and the yankees all of a sudden remembered that 
they can play baseball. Right. And I haven't seen a double play in God knows how long. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, we haven't seen a. Well, let's we got to knock on wood or something because it's it's been on it's been quite a while since we've seen guys wrap into six four threes. But uh, I guess we'll get into our third point as to why the Yankees have been why they've really turned around their entire season. And it's because it's been something that we've wanted to see the Yankees do for the longest since they got this guy on the team. And that was to have Giancarlo Stanton play the outfield. Um, when the Yankees traded for the Italians, you know, it kind of created a problem within the lineup. Who was going to play the, who was going to be the everyday DH? Because now you're looking at a healthy Yankee lineup with Luke Voigt back. Giancarlo Stanton healthy, Rizzo's back from COVID, and Gallo's back. Those are four guys who could potentially, you know, be in the DH spot. Yeah, I mean, Giancarlo Stanton's making $300 million. He should be doing more than just taking up a DH spot. 100%. 100%. And I've always, I've always been on that train. I've, I've harped on that ever since they fucking traded for him. I, I said there should be no way that the guy is solely relegated to DHing duties. It's, he not makes, like, it's not like he's a bad fielder either. No, he's a good fielder. And I think the Yankees were just nervous that if they ran him out in the outfield too often that he would get hurt. And it kind of backfired on them because he got hurt a bunch anyway. I have a theory on that. I feel like when you get the guy going like maybe once every two, three innings, he's not warmed up. He's not warm. So... When you get him in the field, he's running around a little more. He's doing things with his body. He's not as tight sitting down in the dugout all day, especially in the colder weather. It's the beginning of the season, at the end of the season. That's usually when he gets hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that putting him in the outfield can have long-term effects, long-term benefits to his game. I mean, you see it. He's a much better hitter when he's playing the outfield. He's hitting like 290 since he's been in the outfield. And I think that's right around like July 30th. So, like the last month and a half since he's been playing left field, right field, He's been hitting better. And, not a coincidence, when Giancarlo's playing the outfield, he hits well, and when he hits well, the Yankees play well. Listen, Sean, I'm one for stats, right? I think that those numbers that you said from Giancarlo Stanton were pretty impressive. But I think we all know the real reason that the Yankees are doing what they're doing right now. Uh, please enlighten the audience and myself, Zach, because I'm not sure. Two words. Rally cat. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? I will elaborate. On August 2nd, 2021, first game in the series against the Baltimore Orioles. Eighth inning, Yankees are getting smacked 7-1. A notorious cat made his way on the field and ran around causing a ruckus. Since then, the Yankees are 16-4 and and the Orioles are 0-16. Holy shit. Yeah. So is that the curse of the rally cat? I guess so. Coincidence? I think not. Very interesting, Mr. Durkin. So, just to be clear, we're chalking up the Yankees' success to their young, their young guys playing well, starting pitching, just being phenomenal, and them finally mixing up the lineup with the lefties, Giancarlo playing the outfield, and most importantly, Rally Cat. I like how you put most importantly in there, because that is true. Most importantly, the Rally Cat. Well, shit. If that's the case... And if the rally cat is the real reason why the Yankees have turned around their season, uh, another team who plays in New York who could really use a rally cat right now is the fucking New York Mets. They are who we thought they were. Frauds. Yeah, the Mets, I mean, me and Zach had some hope for the Mets a couple months ago, but they have literally fallen straight out of the sky. 
ever since they traded for Javi Baez, it's kind of been a complete fucking mess over there. Listen, it was starting to be a complete fucking mess over there before Javi Baez. They thought that was going to be a band-aid over the scar that was, you know, going to hopefully fix their season. And when you got a guy by the name of Mr. Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, tweeting, and I quote, It's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. End quote. And he's right. The numbers don't lie. But the main number we're looking at is the wins and losses, and the Mets haven't been doing any of the winning and a lot of the losing. Yeah, I mean, they're falling and they're falling further and further out of the NL East lead. Uh, like I kind of predicted, the Braves have gotten their shit together, and they're kind of clawing back. The Phillies were playing well for a while. So if the Mets... The Mets are literally just swimming without a life vest right now, and if if their guys can't come back and start hitting even just a little bit, they're going to be done. I know Pete Alonso's been Mr. Positivity, but all he's good for is hitting home runs in the All-Star game and the home run derby, so I don't really give a shit what he has to say anymore. He's got to go out there and just fucking produce, but, you know, this Mets team, they had a, they had high expectations, and they're, they've... They've fallen flat on their face. It tends to be the same old song and dance with the Mets, too. It's one of two ways. You either start off good, start losing some guys, get hurt. You know, you start sucking in the middle of the season. And when it's too late, they start playing well again. Or they play well all season and then choke it at the end. It's just, you know, I feel for you, Mets fans. I feel for you. It's just it is what it is with the Mets. So until they get that shit figured out, they're they're gonna, they're just going to be second-class citizens always. Do you remember at the beginning of the season we were saying, hey, the Mets and Yankees might have, you know, equal opportunity here? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were looking at both teams to start the season, there should have, those were probably two of the best teams in baseball that on just, paper. That just goes to show that anything can happen, and you never know really what's going to go on in the MLB. Yeah, I mean, it's a crapshoot. Health is a big part of it, um, but performance is also a big part of it, and the Mets just haven't been living up to their standards or anybody's standards. So Not at all. And hopefully they get, and hopefully they can get that turned around because it's getting late early, as Yogi Berra used to say. So, with all that being said, that's actually going to close out this episode of the Hebrew Rivals podcast. Uh, I want to thank you guys all for listening and being a part of what we do. Uh, we always love when we get to interact with you guys on Instagram, or and honestly, we want to try to interact with you guys even more. So. Be on the lookout for a Heated Rivals Twitter page coming very, very soon uh, where we're going to be, you know, doing like daily questions for you guys and stuff like that and giveaways. So definitely something that you guys are going to want to tune in for. One more thing to look out for in the next week or so is our last two episodes of the Heated Rivals Top 10 where we will be going over edge rushers and quarterbacks uh, to big, big positions in the NFL that we think is going to get a lot of you guys talking, so you're, you're definitely going to want to be a part of that one. Spoiler alert, Jeff fans, Zach Wilson is not on the list despite having a very good game tonight. I know you're all anxious to see his Hall of Fame uh, golden jacket fitting ceremony, but slow your roll. Yeah, we're going to have to break your hearts, Jets fans, so uh, be on the lookout for those two episodes. So uh, with all that being said, I'm Sean Robinson. I'm Zach Durkin. And this has been the Heat Arrivals Podcast. Take care, everybody. Peace.